This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future relationship to it. Today's topic was video games. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I am Adam Lustig. And it is episode number 63. 63. We're wading into the 60s here, Bill. Do you have any sort of connotation for 63? 63. My knee jerk is uh, 11-22-63, JFK assassinated. Jesus. Sorry to be grisly, Christ. but November 22, 1963, unfortunately, in Dallas, Texas, our president was shot and killed. So I'm, that is, unfortunately, my first association. I'm not even thinking about that that's grisly. I'm just still blown away <laughs> and constantly weekly blown away Numbers. by the facts of your association abilities. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Yeah. It's one of my weird Rain Man qualities like we talked about. I yes. Guess. Um, um, I just want to say what a lovely time I had last week with Ingrid and Carly and what a fantastic episode I thought that was and yeah. just what a great chat that was with I agree. two of our favorite ladies. Yeah, it was fun. Sometimes when you listen back to episodes, certain things stand out. Yeah. I would say that that episode to me when listening back sounded yeah. like we were having fun. We were having fun. <laughs> you can like literally hear it in the voice. Yeah. Everyone was just enjoying one another's company. Yes. It was really, really wonderful. Uh, it was great to talk to those two ladies and to sort of rehash our coaching glory. That's right. <laughs> For a little context, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we had a player from each of our teams yes. that we coach yes. from the Women's Recreation League, That's right. uh, Basketball League in yep. Los Angeles. We talked about our teams. We talked about our team spirit. Yes. And uh, the episode was about leadership. It was really, really great. Yeah. Um, today, we're going to talk about something a little bit different than leadership. Yes. Uh, today, we're going to talk about video games. Yes. Video games uh, are ubiquitous. They're everywhere. Mm -hmm. They occupy many, many hours of many, many humans, many, many days. And we often remind the listeners at home, you guys, <laughs> that we are... Uh, aren't experts no, that much. not really. And this is going to be a subject that we, again, are very non-expert in. Yeah, Billy and I aren't really gamers. I mean, of course, we've played video games. We're American men growing up in the 80s and 90s, please. Right. So, of course, we have experience with video games and consoles. Right. You say gamers. Let's <laughs> just talk about gamers yeah. for a second. Yeah. Just the word. Yeah. When we were kids, uh, like mid-80s, early 90s, yes. was the word gamer in the vernacular? I... I don't think it was. Right. I don't think so. There was there was kids and people who had video games like Atari and Nintendo. That's right. And, and like and the original Sega Genesis, et right. cetera. But you they weren't gamers per se. I don't think so. I, I, I again like we like we said, like we are not gaming experts by any stretch of the imagination, but it does kind of feel like uh, but once, like, the, the sort of original video game console 1.0 phase passed, or, like, the original NES and Atari and Sega Genesis. When things started getting super? Super. super <laughs> NES. Yeah. Right. Super Mario Brothers. Right. Once once things started getting super, I feel like that's where, like, the a culture of gaming was sort of became more ubiquitous. Right. And it was just like a, like a chicken in every pot. It was like a console in every household. I remember one of the first times where it started feeling like this was turning into something bigger, this video game culture. <laughs> Culture, was when people started sleeping outside of like office maxes oh, yeah. and best buys to get a playstation 2 that was yeah it was like oh people love this culture
sure. They are gamers. They need that. Um, in the yeah. first act, we like to talk about our history with the subject. Yes. I wasn't a gamer. Me neither, really. Per se. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I didn't love Nintendo. Love. Got Nintendo when I was probably 10 years old. Yes. And that was better than every toy. It was better than every toy. And almost still to this day is better than any toy. Video games. To like, and especially like the original Nintendo. I mean, like to sit down and to like play Mario Brothers. Right. Or like Mar- Super Mario Brothers 2 or 3 now, right. even in 2017, with all of the newfangled technology, still is the funnest toy. Feels like <laughs> the kind of like foundation where all other games were built. Yes. All, like all other, like the video game world's kind of born out of that Nintendo world. Oh my god. So did you, now was your household the video game household, or were you going to friends' households for video game action? We had Nintendo. Yes. Period. Yes. We weren't one of those rich, highfalutin <laughs> families that had Nintendo and Sega. Who is, I mean... Give me a break. Beyond the beyond the fact that each console cost about two hundred dollars back yeah. in the day, which is a ton of money, late eighties, early nineties. Truly, you still needed to beef up your catalog with games for each console. What about brand loyalty? I mean, who owns? Who has that much money? to buy games for both consoles. Because back in the day, it's like, like you said, the consoles, that was going to run you like maybe 200 bucks a sure. pop, let's say. Okay. And the games themselves are creeping up on 30 bucks for right. Zelda. Yeah. 40 bucks for Double Dragon. Yeah. I mean, like, they're not cheap. Yes. And it was one of those things where your parents, it was just so funny. Like, to me, they were like, it was on the same level as like, like the nice Air Jordans, like basketball sneakers. Right. It was like, it was a super, super special treat, to your point about not being highfalutin rich kids. It was a super special treat to get a video game. Yes. It was like a big deal. Even like, just going to the store and being allowed to stare at the wall to of browse, NES games was just high heaven <laughs> for Billy. It is. You could spend the day literally just looking at cases. Yes. It was in the same time when going to Blockbuster video yes. was a thing where you'd go and just like stare at cases on the wall. Yeah, man. And like that, this was fun for people. My, I... I was not a Nintendo family. I was a Sega Genesis family. Wow, you were one of the cool kids. Was one of the co- is that was that cool? It was just like not did, Nintendo. Did you not see a distinction between Sega Genesis and Nintendo kids? <sighs> Let me really think about that because to me, Nintendo was the default. It was like Nike. It was like it was the default video game brand. Right. Almost, it's all, Nintendo has almost became like Kleenex, where it was like the proper brand name that stood to represent all of video games. Yes. It was like, do you want to play Nintendo? Almost sure. meant, do you want to play video games? Totally. So to me, the Nintendo kids, uh, or I mean, Nintendo was like the, the baseline, the default. Okay. So Genesis, I, uh, I don't know why my brother and I didn't angle or didn't push or campaign for Nintendo, and we wanted Sega Genesis. Because Sega Genesis was cooler. And maybe it was a little bit cooler. It was like the 8-bit versus 16-bit graphics. That's right. Sonic could spin. Sonic could spin around. Mario could barely climb a vine. That's true. It's the difference between like Aeropostel and Abercrombie, oh, Apex and Starter. Damn. It's like one is the one that you can probably afford and looks okay, yes. and one is the cool one. And you're saying Sega's the cool one? Yes. That really makes me, in this moment, feel good about myself. Sonic spins around. <laughs> yeah, he does full 360 rotations. He's like his own little buzzsaw. Yeah, yeah. totally. Sega was pretty cool. So we were a Genesis family, but at the time, it's so funny to hear you say that you think Sega was cool, because I think I had uh, like an inferiority complex, because Nintendo was the one, and we had the other one. So this is a grass is always greener type of situation. I think it's a classic grass is always greener. Interesting. Yeah. So you longed for Nintendo despite owning Sega Genesis. Grass is always greener. I had Sega Genesis and the default games we had were obviously Sonic the Hedgehog, of Mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. Um, Double Dragon, which seriously. That was a Sega game too. There was a Sega game. That was a Genesis game. Crossover. There wasn't a lot of crossover. I didn't know. Yeah. I think that was, because I think that was like Capcom. Like that was like one of those arcade games. Oh, yes. That like, (laughs) that like both made games for all the consoles 
pencils and for your mini mall. Capcom, you want? I wanted to work at Capcom <laughs> yeah, when exactly. I was nine years old. Yeah, right. So we had Double Dragon for sure, and then my and I know that you we are simpatico in this arena. Yeah. Um, but sports video games. Yes. Um, Bulls versus Lakers, Magic versus Bird. Right. Uh, Coach K college basketball was a staple of my youth. Coach K basketball for Sega Genesis. Wow. Was. The only thing I cared about. Nothing like those early, like, 1.0 basketball video games yes. where, like, the players could jump upright <laughs> and then slowly land yes. and dribble, dribble, dribble. Nobody turns if it's not at an exactly 90-degree angle. <laughs> right. Like, everyone's turning at a full right angle, whole body turning at once. And, uh, nothing better also than the glitches that oh, appear yeah. in those, where just the one guy is stuck in the corner running in the corner into the fans for hours. Chris Childs for the uh, New York Knicks was his character, his avatar, was a glitch. <laughs> the entirety of Chris Childs was a glitch. What do you mean? You would give him the ball and he would just like immediately just like sprint out of bounds. He would touch the ball, he would just like fire up a shot from 70 feet in the wrong basket. There as, was no writing Chris Childs. As a basketball fan, that is also how Chris Childs played. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty accurate. Um, yeah, those basketball games felt very, kind of like movies too, where it's yeah. kind of hard to shoot basketball and make it feel like basketball. Yeah. Like if you've seen Teen Wolf, yeah. it's kind of a, it's you're not really buying into the, it's not real It all basketball. feels a little inauthentic. But then an even less authentic version of the game <laughs> arrived, but it was somehow better, and that game was NBA Jam. NBA Jam was a total literal game changer yes yeah because all of a sudden it was like fluid the avatars and and the little video game figures started to move like like their elbows would bend this was the beginning of and it still seems appropriate that this is the first act of the podcast because this is very much my youth it felt like the beginning when nba jam came out yes that there was this transitioning of arcade games slowly coming home yes there was an there was a uh teenage mutant ninja turtles arcade game that now suddenly you could play for nintendo for x-men and Street Fighter 2, another seminal game that you could only go if you played at, like, Coney Island or some sort of place. Or like, my Taekwondo studio. You're okay. <laughs> have the arcade so, games. Yeah. If you live in Long Island, you went to Coney Island. If you live in upstate New York, you go to my Taekwondo studio. I think if you did anything <laughs> in Voorheesville, you did it at the Taekwondo studio. <laughs> it's the one place next to the diner. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that other episode we did. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, NBA Jam, Mortal Kombat, yeah. Street Fighter 2. These games started becoming, if you had the 35 bucks, you could play them forever. Yes. And this started becoming the game changer. Yes, truly. Yeah. yeah. And then and that was its own, I would say, like, genre, like there was the arcade genre of home video game. Like like you're saying, the, um, the NBA Jam yep. and the Mortal Kombat and sort of those fighter games. And then NBA Live was not that. NBA yeah. Live was like there was – in the sports video game realm, there was this like – there are two kinds of sports video games, quote-unquote realistic mm. and quote-unquote hyper-realistic. Like NFL Blitz right. would be like the arcade version of like three-on-three football and you tear their spines out. Right. And then, and then there was like Madden, which was like I'm a seri- I'm serious about my football video games. <laughs> right. We're in I formation. <laughs> It's like, I take this seriously. I let the clock run down so my players can get on the same page. Right. That was the beginning. Those Madden games did start to, for me at least, give this second level of gaming or vid- playing video games where it wasn't just like capture the princess by like climbing up this thing and jumping the yes. right way. Yes. You had to make all these different calculated decisions yes. against somebody. Yes. And it started again. It was like, okay, all of these new little elements of video games, I'm going to be around for a while. I like these games. I know. It's so fun. Yeah. Video games are fun. And like the Jack position between the rush that you get from managing this digital football team and like the practical in real life what you're actually doing which is like moving your wrist and thumb just a little (laughs) just a little ultimately it's all just moving your thumb just a little just a little (laughs) 
<laughs> and you're bombing a 75-year-old perfect 75-yard perfect spiral to Chad Johnson down the sideline. The you move your thumb just a little. Oh, just just a little. Just a, a but, little bit. But you are in the game. You're in the game. You are a great athlete. Yes. So you had Nintendo in your home. Yes. Friends had Genesis? Yes. Okay, great. Best friend had Genesis. And that was a good, good. compliment. Yes. I don't know if, if my best friend had Nintendo and I had Nintendo, I don't know how we're going to pull that Redundancy. Off. Yeah. This best friend was such a perfect best friend for me. We've talked about this before, I believe, on the podcast much great. earlier. Great. Um, this best friend, his name is Ryan English, mm-hmm. still a great dude. Yep. You went to his wedding. Love that guy. Um, he had Sega Genesis. Yep. And he also had good snacks. That's what I call And I've always associated, when I say good snacks, I'm talking marsh, uh, like Rice Krispie treats, yeah. Gushers, yeah. Fruit by the Foot. Yep. These are just when you want them, they're there in his cabinet. Perfect snacks to accompany playing video games. So perfect best friend. Come on. So I always associated kids with Genesis. Fancy snacks. Fancy snacks. <laughs> cool kids. Um, grass is always greener. Yeah, the grass is constantly greener. Because to me, it was like, we have the alt, we have like the art, the artsy console. I just want the regular normal Nintendo. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, man. Grass is constantly greener. Got to get a Nintendo and Sega back in the house. We do, I think. I feel like you can go to Walgreens and get them for 20 bucks. Now. Like, they'll pay you 20 bucks <laughs> to, like, take it off their hands, I guess. Where's my local Funko Land? Yeah, exactly. Where's the electronics boutique? Uh, let's go into the first ad read. Great. Yeah, it's uh, a person we both know and love very much. So uh, we'll do that first, and we'll come back with more No Joke. Perfect. This is a very special ad read for me because it is for a very special project um, being made by someone who is very special to me. Yeah. Uh, this is an ad for Biophilia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a short film that will be being made soon. Yep. And it is being made, produced, directed by my girlfriend, Marina Mitchelson. She's a wonderful, wonderful, talented filmmaker and writer. She and her creative partner, Mara Williams, yes. are a magnificent duo. Uh, they have made some wonderful shorts in the past. Uh, Marina is insanely smart and talented and wonderful and kind yeah. and deserves all of your artistic support. She's been putting uh, work towards a script for close to a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wrote the script. She's given it all of the rewrite she's yep. been pitching it to people and now they are at the point where they're going to be making it in just a few months i read it i loved it yes. for whatever that's worth it's, it's excellent and very very cool yeah the film okay. is about uh, a young couple that moved from brooklyn to petaluma yes this is in northern california yep. and kind of in response to the recession and kind of becoming a little bit more um self-empowered yep they moved to a farm to start creating their own lifestyle. That's there. right. And it's kind of a story of resilience, of kind of uh, female empowerment, and shows how hard it is to work a farm. People interacting with the brutality of nature, women interacting with the brutality of nature. It's really smart and sharp, and I think uh, it's wonderful. So they have the script down, and they have all of the elements down. Now what they need is money. Yeah. <laughs> like any filmmaker yeah. knows, it takes a lot of work yes. to get your funds ready yes. to make a film. Truly. That being said, nothing stops Marina from getting the job done. Amen. And they have been fundraising for three weeks now, yep. and there is exactly one week left yes. to throw a couple of bones to Biophilia. Throw them some bones. The film. So, if this at all intrigues you, if you're curious as to what my girlfriend is working on, yep. go to the website Seed and Spark slash fund slash biophilia. Mm-hmm. Biophilia is spelled B-I-O-P-H-I-L-I-A. Yep. Once again, that's seedandspark.com slash fund slash biophilia. If you throw a couple bucks, you can get some cool incentives. Yeah. If you throw $100 or so, you get a couple jokes from me. Okay. If you throw a little more, you get some cookbooks. Then you start getting some seeds. Then you start getting, they'll actually give you a farm. 
They'll give you the full farm. They'll give you a farm. Wow, I did not know that. Anywhere from jokes from Billy all the way up to a full farm. Right. If you throw enough money towards this film, they'll give you a farm. Uh, But once again, this is truly, truly, truly a worthy piece of art to support. Yes. So please go to seedandspark.com slash fund slash biophilia and throw them a couple bones. And also go to biophiliafilm.com to get all of the information on Marina and what she's working on. Worthwhile endeavor. Welcome back to Act Two of the No Joke Podcast. Uh, today, Billy and I are talking about video games. Yep. Something that we have a mild familiarity with. Yes. Um, these days, do you play a lot of video? Do you find yourself playing a lot of video games I, these days? I find myself wanting to play a lot more Me video too. games these days. Me too. But what they always come back to is the games that I grew up playing. I know. It's like I don't have the time or energy. Nah, I probably do have the time and energy. I yeah. probably shouldn't say that. I just don't have the mental capacity to start massive new quests. Again. I know. Like, I'm not going to go to Liberty City in that game. What is it where you just, like... Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. You just, like, run amok and do what you want? Like, I could probably do it for a few minutes. Yes. Like, I could run a couple red lights, but I don't see myself, like, actually finishing the game. I know. See, that's the weird sort of, like, divergence of how we as 33-year-old, thirty mid-30-year-old adults relate to video games. It's like, A... It's like you're saying, it's either like engage in the brand new technology, like take the new quest, play the new version of the game yes. and like really dig into it. Yes. But as casual game gamers, requ- we're, yeah. we're not going to do that. So really, it's just like pure nostalgia. It's like, what would we want our video game experience to be playing the games we played as a kid? Right. The, the version, the, the console that I currently have, and I don't even know, I think it's probably outdated now, yeah. is Nintendo Wii. A Wii, yeah, that's right. And a Nintendo Wii is perfect for <laughs> anyone who has, is kind of ushered into their mid-30s. <laughs> Because my favorite game on the Nintendo Wii is fishing. (laughs) And Nintendo Wii is great because it's like nice cartoons. Yeah. It's just soft and it's non-aggressive. It's very light. Yeah. And so now on my TV is a a little lake and a little digital fishing pole. And now I literally fish and it takes a while to catch a fish. It like doesn't take exactly the amount of time that it would take to catch fish, but but close close, enough. Close. Close enough that you should be doing other things with this 17 (laughs) minutes waiting for this cartoon fish. Oh my god. I love that it's not even like like we were saying realistic sports video games versus arcade. I love that this fishing game is realistic. Just fish. It's not like a lot of sharks coming out and you catch one every five seconds. There was a very uh, short-lived <laughs> but kind of icon- – everyone knows – everyone in like gamers knew about it. Yeah. Uh, video game for Nintendo back yes. in the day that's exactly like this. Yes. And it was made by Penn & Teller. What? They made a video game? They made a video game. Really? Okay. And it was a driving video game <laughs> uh, where you were kind of just on a road driving yes. in one, sp- one place. Yes. And the, the game's objective was to drive from Los Angeles – to Las Vegas. Okay. And it took the exact amount of time. <laughs> Come on. And if you got into one car accident or you made any sort of mistake, the game was over. Come on. So you had to you had to drive. There was no stopping. You had to drive for about five hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> In re- of your real actual video game playing time? Yes. Come on. Yes. Just a realistic drive? Yes. No. <laughs> Yes. No. Yes. Short lived. <laughs> didn't sell. That joke didn't really play. <laughs> the video game was just a realistic drive yes. from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. Period. Where you had to get gas. Yes. You it's, had to avoid car wrecks. Short lived video game, but that <laughs> is real. I mean, you hear that and it's like, well, now I'm a fan of Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller, yeah, exactly. Solid Good joke. joke, fellas. Yeah. Um, You? You video game now? We don't really have any consoles at the house. Okay. 
Um, Maggie, she's going to be humiliated when I say this, so I will, of course, disclose only certain details. She is a gamer. Okay. I would classify Maggie as a legitimate gamer. I would agree. Not console games, not like PlayStation or Xbox or even the Wii, but like weird computer puzzly escape the room type games. Sure. The likes of which I really am, I'm kind of very unfamiliar with, but Maggie has, Maggie is like in that dusty corner of the internet. Kind of like problem solving, brain teaser type stuff. Exactly. Love it. Like memory tests, Kind of. Sure. So, like, you know, various... Uh... See, that for me, that's crosswords. Like, exactly. Where it's kind of your safe place, where it's like, what could I do for an hour while I have my morning coffee? It's like, what's that one comfortable thing that you do? Exactly. Sounds like it probably fires the same synapses. I think her. it's literally fires the crossword synapses. It's brain exercise. It scratches the exact same itch. Right. It's like rearranging the things in the room so you can leave right. into the next room and rearranging the things perfectly so you can leave. Totally. And it's just like, is a little geometric exercise for your brain to tackle. Sounds great. Um, stuff like that sounds does sound great. Right. <laughs> um, I don't really play with it that much because, I don't know, I kind of look at glance at it. It looks kind of juvenile and maybe I feel self-conscious that I wouldn't be able to figure it out. There you you go. <laughs> Be real. Be totally real. Yeah. And as a result, we actually, the two of us with some friends have gone to these real life escape the rooms, yeah. which are like basically real life video. It's like a video game, essentially. Yeah. Come to life. Yeah. Um, and but Maggie's That's like, kind of a trendy thing right now, escape the rooms. Yes. Uh, if you, if people at home maybe haven't like known exactly what yes. they are, but they've heard them discuss. Yes. Can you explain what escape the room is? Well, yeah. I, could, I mean, I think it's a derivative of this. I think that the, the real life experience was a de- was derivative of the video game genre right. and the computer game genre, which is escape the room, which is essentially various versions of you wake up in a room with no instruction and no context, and you simply have to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can entail, and essentially you need to like t- t- look around the room, find their little clues that yep. are sort of hidden around the room, yep. little codes yep. that lead to like this clue leads to that, leads to that clue. And leads sometimes to that the clue. wall will slide yeah, out. Ex- yeah. Sometimes the thing will turn around. Yeah. It's really kind of a rewarding experience. It's super cool. And in the video game versions, there's all sorts of different genres. There's the Victorian era of that. And mm-hmm. then there's like the military prison escape the room. Yep. So, and I, there's always a ticking clock. There's always, always a t- 60 minutes until something is going to happen to you and your friends. Exactly. Gotta you, escape the room. That's Or you die, or the world ends, or some uh, catastrophic ending. So Escape the Rooms are born out of these games that's that right. he likes playing. That's right. So let me posit this. Yes. When are we? So that's – and it's been successful. And in and, and real life, it's funny because it's like a team-building exercise. You it's go fun. with like 80 of your friends and you're all kind of working on this puzzle together and you got an hour to do it. It's really fun. It's so fun. So they made a life – they made a life-sized version of these games, yeah. Maggie Play. yeah. When can we get a life-size version of Mario? (laughs) Seriously. Even just the castle levels. Even just the castle and, like, one of the green pipes that we could could jump in. I'm just saying (laughs) that Escape the Room works. Works so well. People want to be in the game. Translating video games to IRL works well. Right. It feels fun. Mario and Luigi, a Mario and... I know. Yes, this is something we should discuss. Billy, because he is deeply entrenched in Long Island and from there so hardcore, says Mario. We've given him a lot of gruff for this over the years. It's the one. That's the one one word that I just don't know how to help you. Mario. Mario this and that. And Billy, you have admitted that the the lippus test for how you know you're mispronouncing it is. Well, I want to believe it's Mario, but then somebody approached me one day and said, hey – not Bowser. Who's the other villain to right, Mario? Right. He has the upside down mustache and looks like Mario. Yeah. And I said, Wario. Yeah. 
And when he's upside down, that means that it's Mario. Mario and Mario. It's not Wario. Cold water. Cold water. Cold, Cold water, water on the face. <laughs> right. But if we anyway, could be, I'm going to be calling him Mario for the rest of the That's episode. fine. That's your, prog- that's your regional prerogative. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun to be Mario yeah. for a day? Yeah. To go into this castle. Yeah. To jump up all these like little shelves, <laughs> yeah. get sucked shelves. down into some pipes, yes. and then scoot under Bowser. I would freaking love that. Wouldn't that be fun? If we could construct a re- even just one level, like yeah. one level of Mario brought to real life fruition would be unbelievable. Here's the thing about Bowser that doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah. So in the original Super Mario Brothers, yes. um, there'd be four levels to each level. Right. Four sub-levels to each to level. each world. Yes, right. exactly. Yes. And then the final level will be in Bowser's castle. Yes. And more times than not, unless Mario, I believe, had firepower, he, the only way he could defeat Bowser yes. was to scoot underneath him. You got to slide under. Bowser's huge. S- scoot underneath him or hop over him if there's a floating little shelf. That's right. And behind Bowser, each time, and the fight always takes place on a bridge. Yep. Okay. So behind Bowser would be a little axe. Yes. And Mario that's would jump right. on the axe and then Bowser would fall into the fire again. That's right. Couple questions for Bowser. Yeah, a couple questions for Bowser. Why not just scoot up about 15 feet and not have the final battle on the bridge? On the bridge. And y- you can't lose now. So are you saying that the axe is behind Bowser and when, Mar- when Mario, or shall I say Mario, Thank when you. Mario hits the axe, Bowser falls off the bridge into the, the fire? The bridge goes and it disappears. Got it. And then. Yeah, yeah. And then Bowser burns. <laughs> Those are like perfect sound effects, Bill. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bowser burns. Yeah. Okay, got it. So yeah, if you're Bowser, take the fight off the bridge, dummy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, Come on, guy. <laughs> take the... <laughs> But then you'd get to... In theory, you should have been planning for this final battle. This is your home. <laughs> right. You should know the strategic place to fight. Why, why do it on the one floor <laughs> that doesn't always stay a floor? I'll fight in this one vulnerable place. And then Mario would save some lady. The princess. No. Not even? Do you remember he would get there and she'd say, sorry, but the princess oh, is, is in another, another castle. castle. So A... Insult to injury. Who is that? Right. Who are you? What's, what's your story, lady? <laughs> why did Bowser think it was valuable to steal you? Yeah. Is that – are you not – I mean, and, and B, is Mario bringing these women back – what is he doing What's with these women? What's going on? Yeah. He what? has a collection of women. <laughs> exactly. He has eight it, women by the final level. It makes you sort of be suspicious of what Mario's intentions are here. Yeah. It's just like, where, what are you after? Are you trying – are you kidnapping women? <laughs> yeah. Who are these women? Who are they? Yeah. Do you think – I guess I always assumed that – because, again, as a, as a Genesis haver mm-hmm. and as a not-traditional Nintendo haver, I would – I don't even think I really personally got all the way to the final world of Mario Brothers. So I, short story, I come from Rockville Center, Long Island. Yeah, you do. And I was, I think, 13 at the time. Yes. Don't be humble, Bill. Nintendo was very popular. Of course. Town-wide, country-wide, it was huge. It's the the 90s. And so my town hosted a Super Mario Brothers competition. Yes. And I believe you could be from 13 to 18, so I was the youngest in the bracket. Wunderkind. And you had about five minutes to play the game and accrue as many points as possible. Oh, it's like that. How many points you get in five minutes? Points. Interesting. So you needed to kind of know where the most points came from and try and maximize it. Yep. And my parents took me and my sister. We had Nintendo. You know, we weren't, like, great at it. But it was going to be a fun activity, be in the town. And Where was it? Like in the in the like, rec center. Okay, naturally fun. Um, so there's three televisions <laughs> set up, and people were watching, and it was a thing. God, it's great. And again, everyone had Nintendo. Everyone was playing Nintendo. We wouldn't be that much better than everyone. Seriously, else. this whole competition happened. I'm 13, all the way up to 18. The competition ends. They put all the scores up on the board. Who comes in second place? My sister, Kristen Scafuri, of 50 people. Who comes in first place? Billy Scafuri. So what the fudge, man? So we are just Nintendo heads. It's Suddenly, like... my mom is proud and ashamed. <laughs> 
ashamed. <laughs> just like I'm they ashamed. also play soccer. They also like. Let me just be clear. They also, they also play, play soccer. soccer. They've been outside. They've been outside. <laughs> right. They have friends. Right. That's so funny, Billy. Right. Like, what a funny thing to discover that you're good at something yeah. like that. But it is like one of those things where when you start, like you talk about Maggie, it's like it just appealed to my brain. Yeah. Like, video games weren't just. I mean, and maybe this is true of every video game right. player, but there was just something more than just like getting to the princess. There was all just like the little micro moves. Yeah. And just kind of like controlling a character it was fun yeah yeah i mean i guess in like sort of knowing what i what i know about you it sort of makes sense because it's like fine motor skills you're coordinated so it's like those tiny little thumb and wrist movements which is truly all it is and but it, i think it probably and, also enhances all of those yes things. you yes. know what i mean i think that you fine know motor skills exactly yeah you know it's like i didn't have the any other opportunity to do that if it wasn't for nintendo that's right you yeah. know just constantly keeping my brain fired and yes. thinking and working and and kind of like you're saying, it's like you have a good math brain. You have this crossword brain. It's like kind of that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, a puzzle. It's a it's just a, a physical geometric puzzle. Right. And instead of words, it's coins and princesses. Right. Yeah, yeah. So Mario went after the princess. You were a Genesis kid. Can you just tell me what Sonic was up to? What the hell was Sonic up to? I get that he likes coins. He loves coins. He's got Tails, which is a sidekick who didn't show up and I think, until the second version of the game. Right. Tails was absent from the original. But what's he after? Like, What is he even after? Fruit? He's- Fruit? <laughs> He's collecting rings. I honestly, Billy, it's like I, I was, I was not as good as you. A love I was, interest? Was there a love interest? Was there? Did Sonic have a love interest? We put this out to our no joke listeners. Okay. Uh, I, I can't for the life of me remember. Okay. Uh, I don't think he did. Okay. I don't think he did. I don't think it was a princess equivalent necessarily, nor do I think there was really a Luigi equivalent. It really seemed like Sonic was a lone wolf oh, out there. That's and true. by wolf, I mean hedgehog. <laughs> so it seemed like he was sort of a lone hog doing his thing. Yes. Like balling up and just rolling around. Okay. Not exactly sure what the macro goal was. I'm sure there was one. But he must have had a backstory because, I mean, what we knew about Mario and Luigi, plumbers. They're plumbers. <laughs> now, how did that How did that relate to the, to the narrative of them trying to save the princess? They're three-inch tall plumbers. Yeah, they're teeny mini plumbers. Yeah. So they get to well, I guess that it's like a. It's I guess the world of Nintendo is that it's a town full of pipes. Oh no, that's interesting. See, I don't even think I put that together. They're plumbers. There's all those pipes. I get it. But meanwhile, it's like. It's not just that plumbers can go down pipes. Plants are going down <laughs> yeah. pipes as well. It's like it doesn't – as long as you have some life coursing through your body, <laughs> apparently you're pipe friendly. Pipe friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go into the second pipe ad friendly. read. Uh, we'll go into another ad read. We will come back and wrap up this video game-centric <laughs> episode of No Joke. Once again, thank you to Squarespace for their constant support of the No Joke podcast. If you've heard our episodes before, you know that they have been telling you and reminding you to use their service if you're looking for a website. Yes, Squarespace is a truly phenomenal website building service. Uh, We've used it ourselves in the past. Uh, Their design is really, really simple and flawless. Uh, It's award-winning designer templates, and uh, they're really the best way to present your ideas online. Everyone needs a website. It's 2017. Get with the program. Yes, it's an all-in-one platform. So if you want to create a beautiful website with Squarespace's platform, there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Just download it and get to work. It's perfect for if you're in the creative field, if you're building a uh, a website for your new restaurant or for uh, an artistic project you're working on. It really is uh, caters to that community. And it's not just designing a website. If you need a domain name as well for like, I don't know, Billy's uh, Chuckle Hut? 
for say, instance, say I'm say I'm looking to open up my own personal chuckle hut. Okay, like a comedy chuckle hut in, let's say, Cincinnati. Right. I might go to Squarespace and get that domain. Build name. that website up. Yeah, BillyChucklehut.com. <laughs> chuckle hut. Yeah. Um, so if you go to Squarespace.com and start your free trial today, please enter the offer code No Joke to receive ten percent off of your first purchase. Very good. Once again, I will remind them as well. Add start your free trial today at Squarespace.com and enter offer code No Joke to get 10% off of your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. Today we are talking about video games. Yeah, I'm interested still on this what Sonic's working on What was thing. Sonic's macro goal? We could look it to. up. Yeah. We, have, we have act breaks where we hit pause. Yeah. And we can literally look up the information. That would be the time to Google it, but we don't. We don't? We didn't. So here's what I thought <laughs> that we do. Let's, uh, let's try and think of something uh, that Sonic could be yeah, going after. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll be right. Yeah. So let's just throw out some ideas. Yeah. Okay, so obviously there could be a love interest. There could be a love interest. The traditional thing seems like a love interest was kidnapped, and now it's time to save them. A la the princess and Mario. Right. That's what Mario was after. Okay. Yes. So there's that. Then, I mean, but then when the Marios went higher, yes. suddenly the princess was one of us now. Yes. She's no longer constantly kidnapped. Now we just need to start bopping Bowser as much as we can. That's true. So there's a super villain creating some sort of bad thing in the village. That's true. Does Sonic have, uh, do we know about his super villain or who he's after? I, honestly, Billy, I, I, there, I'm sure that there is a Sonic super villain, the ultimate big bad boss man at the end of the video game. Right. I don't know if I was ever good enough to get there okay. to, at the end of the game. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I like to think that one of the other main genres of video game uh, heroes journeys if you're not rescuing the princess i yeah. do feel like you kind of touch on like you're saving the world yes like like the bad guy has his finger on the nuclear code and you have to defeat him before he blows up the world that is true i think that that's like the other version mm-hmm. of the what... girl or the world it's the girl or it's the world got it um sonic's kind of frankly and no shade. Seemed a little asexual. Didn't seem that interested in yeah, getting to know people. That's true. He doesn't travel with a friend. He doesn't even have a Luigi. That's true. I don't know how strong his social skills are. Right. Uh, he doesn't seem to have... There's no evidence of him making friends. The two things I know about him is that he spins and he likes coins. And he likes coins. Yes. And he's a hedgehog. Yes. And he can go fast. And he can go super fast. Right. Uh, so, I mean, to me, I don't know if Sonic's goal is going to be based in another living, organic uh, uh, living thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to rescue a, a lady hedgehog or even a human princess. You and I have never defeated the Sonic game. Never. This is what we've revealed. So here's what I would like to, if, if I was playing the game and I was right about to beat the game, yes. here's what I would love to see as the conclusion. Yes. A huge twist. Yes. Turns out yes. Sonic is a bad guy this oh, whole time. Oh, We've been the villain. Oh! We've just been stealing money oh, from as many people as possible. Oh! And now he's free. We thought we were good. Yes. We were aiding and abetting a criminal. The whole oh, time. Oh, that would and, be a great twist. And the final villain is actually a very good person. That would, and it, we need to take him out. The chief of police. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. See, that's great. Like uh, like Lars von Triering, the audience's expectation mm-hmm. of the video game. Like, you thought you were the good guy this whole time? You're the villain. Right. Sonic's just a rampant thief. Perspective. That's really funny, Billy. I like that. I like okay. that ending. Yeah. It's like the thrilling conclusion to Sonic is that he's a a, a monstrous right. kleptomaniac. Right. Who is just hoarding coins for nothing. You know what would be another fun ending? <laughs> 
if uh, Sonic had to uh, beat Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> For Mike Tyson's punch out. Just out of nowhere. Uh, yes, exactly. Now, if Sonic just had to start beating all of the bosses yeah. in all of the existing video that games. That would also be really fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That would be the ultimate. Maybe the, pr- maybe the woman, the anonymous woman that Mario accidentally saves. Yeah, Karen, Jill, Stacy. Stacy, Karen, Jill, Stacy. Maybe Karen, Jill, Stacy, who's in the Mario game, actually got lost and belongs in Sonic's world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe, that's maybe actually- Mario brings Sonic. Sonic. I brought you Stacy. I brought you Stacy. Okay. Here it is. Yeah. So maybe it's sort of a, a crossover uh, appeal there. <laughs> yeah. A crossover episode. Um, it's the third act of the No Joke Podcast. Yes. Uh, to reiterate, today we're talking about video we're games. We're talking about video games. I, um, now in the third act, we often talk about the future yes. of, and this is the future of video games. Yes. I uh, had Oculus at my house. Yeah. A few weeks Tell ago. us about that, Billy. I played Oculus. You played Oculus. Yes. On uh, your birthday. I got Oculus for a couple weeks. I rented it from it was, a great company called Joy Mode. It was super cool. Yep. Oculus is truly the future. It's pretty rad. It is. I, there's been like all these kind of like maybe you put on the Google Cardboard yes. and you can kind of live in that like yep. very kind of like you put your cell phone in there and it's this yep. like light version of VR. Yes. Those are all tastes. Yeah. Those are like the beta versions of. Yes. Those yeah. are all just kind of wetting your whistle yep. for when you're ready. Yep. Oculus. <laughs> yeah. It is so all encompassing that I, I, I deal with motion sickness a lot. Yeah. And it was so intense that like there were certain driving games <laughs> that like. You're driving at 250 miles per hour in a game, and you're not supposed to be driving. Your brain and body are not supposed to be driving, and it feels truly like you're driving 250 miles an hour. And it's too much. If your brain believes it, your body believes it. And that's the it's thing. Like- <laughs> Oculus is so all-encompassing that you're, you're, your whole body, yeah. you believe it. Yeah. You're in the world now. And it's like I found myself doing like 45. Yeah. <laughs> Super cautious. <laughs> like this off-road, like with like supercars. And I was like doing like 45, like working the brake. I'll take surface streets. Yeah. I'll just take surface streets. Work the brake. <laughs> yeah. And there's a rock climbing game on Oculus too, where again, it's like I rock climb, but when you do it in this capacity and yes. you are actually climbing hundreds of feet in quotes. Yes. It works. Yeah. Like your brain changes. Yes. So and if you have the opportunity to play with an Oculus, yeah. anyone at home. Go play with that. Even it's, if it means going to Best Buy it's really and just fun. getting on the floor because they have tests there too. It's super cool. Yeah. And in addition, I feel like in the uh, – when you had it for your birthday, we were playing with it. Uh, there was like the cool pixelated digital roller coaster simulation that you could take. Right. Uh, there was like the crazy like District 13 robot situation right. that you could sort of like – Another beat, simulation. Another simulation get thrown in the middle of. But then there was – like the photorealistic, not digital, pixelated, whatever the terminology is. It was just like Yosemite National Park right. the day that Obama was there. Right. And it was like you could just be in Yosemite with Obama, be looking around at all the gorgeous trees, and it was composited from real-life video footage and photos. Right. So, so that was awesome. And that was something that <laughs> took me a couple of days to figure out because Oculus isn't like Nintendo or Sega Genesis where you just kind of hit power on and now you're just playing this video right. game. It's a little different. Yeah. First of all, there's a tower. It's much like a pc yes it like runs you need a huge computer power that's that the video game console is a computer yes yes and then oculus is a program on that computer yeah and then within oculus again i thought these were all just going to be like games yep you know what i mean where it's like you're playing basketball and you're on the court yeah but they have two kind of subcategories. It's games yes. and it's simulations. Yes, exactly. And simulations are very, very close to what I always hoped movies would eventually get huh. to. And it seems like this probably is where it's like it will bridging go. the gap. Between, yeah. yeah. We've talked about this before where it's like imagine watching Jurassic Park. Yeah. 
except that you are a guest at Jurassic Park. I already want that experience. And when the T-Rex <laughs> is, you know, creating havoc 500 yeah. feet away, you could actually just be climbing up a tree and watching it go down. So fun. Wouldn't that be amazing? Come on, that'd be great. Like the immersive world of a movie you love. Yeah. Come on. But like with the narrative, Come you on. know, where it's like if you want to be following the main character at all times, exactly. you know, it's kind of Westworldy. I really love that. I want to be with Anita Jones, but when Short Round takes his little uh, tuk-tuk over this way, I'm going to go with Short Round. See what he's yeah, up Yeah. Right? And it, feels, and it feels inevitable. And Oculus was. It's like, oh, this is where video games – and I've yeah. often said, like, I want video games to start having actors. Yeah. Wouldn't that just be weird and interesting and some sort of, like, new phase? Yes. Where these aren't digital recreations anymore, yes. but now somehow you are controlling living actors? And there was, like, like back in the Sega CD days, they had, like, the – again, the super old 1.0 version of that, which mm-hmm. would be, like, you'd play the video game – and then it would be like fade to black and then like essentially a mini movie would pop up to yes. like set the next scene. Yes. And sometimes that was simply just actors, real life, three-dimensional humans mm-hmm. like doing it. Mm-hmm. And it always felt hilariously awkward, so funny and stagey and corny and cheesy. We're not there yet. Yeah, we're not quite there yet. Right. But the but what you're saying, the like the idealized version of just like getting to control Chris Paul. Yeah. The person. Right. Like, yeah. We're getting really close. We're getting pretty close That's to what Oculus really – I was like, oh, this is going to be – like the device yes. that we can now start doing. Yes. With. And I feel like the bridge to that, or not, not even the bridge, but yes, like virtual reality and Oculus and augmented reality. And like the Pokemon Go was also like, I would say the first like breakthrough game that implemented augmented reality in a way that like was clearly popular and seamless because it was so popular right and people were just like ambling outside and just like walking into train tracks because like augmented reality was working that well and can you explain augmented reality for someone who can't i'd be happy to if you can't please okay i just you take the real biological living world right you put a screen in front of it (laughs) much like your phone and that screen then uses the camera on your phone to show the real world. However, your phone has a new set of rules. That's right. And the new set of rules is that Pokemon characters are going to be arriving literally in your living room and you need to catch them. But the only way you can see them is through your phone. So the video game is literally interacting with the r- real actual world. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's all geotagged so that a huge Pokemon company is literally placing Pokemon. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the Pokemon Go was almost like the canary in the coal mine with this with this VR stuff. I mean, we'll see how it all progresses. Obviously, we're at the beginning stages. But right. I don't know. It just seemed to me like that was the first, like, the, just like the needle broke through the balloon. Totally. Like, VR and augmented reality is real and fun and here and not going away. It reminds me of when holograms started popping yeah. off. Yeah. And the first hologram that they finally worked out was a Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> and the history books show like the rebirth of the hologram generation. They're going to say, what was the first use of it? We made a Tupac. We created Tupac for Coachella. <laughs> and then that company went broke. <laughs> It literally went broke. It is funny that like technology for, I mean like yet just literally just yesterday, Elon Musk announced that he is sending two private citizens to space around, around the, the moon. moon. They're going around the moon. Right. But it is like the count, like the antidote to that is like sometimes we use technology for grandiose goals and yes. sometimes we use it to recreate Tupac. And that's fine. Uh, and that's fine. There is something so funny about like having to go home and tell your parents that you spent all of your money on a hologram Tupac. <laughs> the company literally made it and then went broke. <laughs> they went bankrupt. Yeah. We, we used all our money on that. Yeah. But I feel like the the one of the major uh, sort of evolutions in gaming 
um, was from simple games like Mario and Sonic, where you have a mission, you need to complete the mission. Zelda, you need to, or if you're Link, you need to rescue Zelda. It's yeah. like you have the goal. Yeah. Versus these, I don't know what you want to call them, more immersive video game experiences like Grand Theft Auto, yeah. which seemed to be kind of the first popular version of that, which is like, it's just a world. Right. You can choose to go on any number of missions. Like there's right. a serious choose your own adventure element to it. Or more aptly, you could not do a mission and just live in this world. Right. And just Where- exist there. Whereas, like, in Mario Brothers, it was, like, you would go forward, and then, like, you couldn't go back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the screen wouldn't go right <laughs> yeah, to left yeah. anymore. You know? exactly. And now it's just, like, here's a giant world to live in. Enjoy the, all 360 degrees of it. Yeah, Zelda kind of flirted with that. It did. It's You would unlock new worlds. Each victory would kind of give you a little bit more room to yes, play. Yes, yes. But that seemed, like, the inevitable. Like, Mario Brothers was the left-to-right screen. Yes, exactly. You know? And in the movie Her, which I adored, there was that really cool, which is said in the not-so-distant future... Um, if you remember, Joaquin Phoenix's character went home and like played with like he had like a cool future video game console yeah. where he was like there was no there was no controller it was all just like hand, motion sensor kind of with his hands right if you remember I do yeah and there was no like it was TV like a sp- cute little voice or something a cute little came voice with it. Right. it was super hologrammy the con- there was no console it would just like appear in the middle of his room and he would just like do it right um, and I remember reading an article when that movie came out that the video game creator who made that video game for the movie mm. invented. Uh, created a real video game that is super popular, I think in Japan mostly, that it's just like a mound of land and you just sort of explore it. But it just speaks to the point of like, it, there's no mission, right. there's no protagonist, there's no there's no characters really. Even. Right. It's just like, explore this world. Purely experiential. Yeah. It's, it's going to get to that point where we don't need the challenges anymore. We just want to go somewhere else. Yeah. We just want to do something else. I know. Yeah. It's also crazy if I can just say not to bounce around and be frenetic, but it's also crazy crazy how video games are used as recruitment tools like all those call of duty games a lot of those military games are like sort of unabashedly and unashamedly uh, military recruitment tools wow. essentially to and the, the u.s uh military uh i i feel like and uh, i don't think that this is too like conspiracy theory sure. tin hat to foil hat thing uh I, th- I feel like the military sort of like collaborates on those call of duty type video games you'd think so for yeah. authenticity yeah you know that uh mario brothers did the same thing as a recruitment tool for plumbers <laughs> <laughs> mini plumbers yes Mi- diminutive six inch tall plumbers do you have you ever dreamed of being a four inch tall plumber <laughs> do you wear the color red or green okay do you hate dinosaurs that fight on bridges test it out <laughs> do you, you hate might- dinosaurs <laughs> You might want to just come this way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we don't know much about video games, Adam, but we just talked about them for 45 minutes. <laughs> We're great at talking about things we don't know much about. There you go. That's our video game. Uh, and there's our video game <laughs> podcast. Uh, for the No Joke Podcast, I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And as always, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast.